Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Into the West Chronicle, sort of. Uh, this is our Q&A for sessions 1 through 20. Cool. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Occultus Anonymous for super chill Q&A time for episodes, sessions, whatever, 1 through 20, and whatever other or questions chill. we want to answer. Uh, for those joining us in the Twitch chat, hey, thanks for hanging out. <laughs> um, if you have questions, uh, feel free to throw them in too, and we may add them to the bottom of the list, or if they're immediately relevant, we may ask them uh, as they come up. Uh, but we've got a list pulled from our Discord, eatinto.space. Um, and uh, so we've got a, we've got a good, good list of stuff, and since uh, Chris is the one who's got them all done up and has editor access, uh, and can uh -huh. cross I'm them in through. charge. Uh, yeah, That's right. off some questions. All right, first one. Start off quick and easy. Camo says Deviant Chronicle win. Uh, yeah, it's 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 in line, probably behind Geist, probably behind Hunter. Um, I I, I want to do no. like a super low tech. You guys are out of your depths, Hunter. Like one shot or something. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Whatever. But yeah, uh, Deviant like um, has more prep into it. Sorry, go ahead. I like the like... I only ever saw like the first season episodes of Supernatural. Yes. But that vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. We, we know Salt works. I'm aware that show went off the fucking rails, but the, the started vibe I'm yep. very into. What, are you saying we're not going to Turbo Hell? Correct. <laughs> Look. Yeah, no, I, I I stopped that series when people started coming back from the dead. I was like, all right, hang on. I don't know where this is going, but I don't think this is this is the show I want anymore. Look, I just got to ask a question. Anything ever happened in the show that wasn't supernatural? Uh, actually, I think it's there on is the, one. It's on the tin. I feel like there's one where they it's actually like they're looking for a ghost or something and they realize that it's like, well, they I had to have done a Scooby-Doo episode. A normal, ordinary. They did guy. a literal Scooby-Doo episode. Right. Yeah. yeah, they had to. Like, I I know nothing about the show. I know that they did a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> yeah, but it was um, yeah, a Groundhog's Day episode. The right. exaggerated nature of the later stories seems right. you know, sort of magnitude, but it's all kind of ambiguous, right? Mm hmm. Um, TJ5551 asked, who is your favorite slash most hated NPC of the Chronicle so far? Mm. <laughs> Craig? Minor, minor Theos. Yours. Hmm. I'm kind of digging Rilla, personally. It's an interesting arc, and I'm curious to see where she's going to go from here. Mm. You, all, you all know what happens when you tell me who your favorite NPC is. Right oh, now. for sure. Yeah, there's a massive crosshair. Darlings. Yeah. yeah, they get it. They awaken. My true friend. <laughs> really love Ike. Defen <laughs> defensive XP spins. Um, I, I actually was going to say Ike. I can't wait for him to be more central, and I think that's maybe hopefully coming post time scoop mm -hmm. love that love that idea um, yeah especially if somebody becomes sheriff yeah i'd yeah. like to see more of him in an antagonist role wait who's becoming sheriff i don't know i don't know 
But you you put it, you put in Warner's Warner's brain. We might need a yeah, sheriff. That was a year ago. Yeah, I know. There've been a lot of dream visits in a year. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. There's uh, there's a very good set of threads uh, on on Discord about what people want to happen over the year. So make sure those yeah, are updated. I'm, I'm inside. Uh, I'm yeah. able to do that this week. Oh, and, uh, I, had, I had a week, a week of weeks. No worries. This is one of the reasons why we took two weeks for this. But what about your guys' favorite uh, NPCs or most mm. hated? I like Marina a lot. I want, I've been thinking of ways to get Marina out in front a little bit more instead of just being mm. in the mine. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Yeah, out of character. Anyone I dislike. Hmm. Oh, also, I like Anastasio. Oh, yeah. Anastasio is a good character. Player. He's great. Let's see. Who do I, yeah, who do I dislike? Anyone I dislike? Is anybody I dislike? I've tried to tried to keep most of the folks in town to be people that you would would be OK with just because the town is supposed to be safe. Yeah, All yeah, and and also like we haven't dived and dived, dove, 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 dived, dived, divid. Um, we haven't passed tense dive into um, like nitty gritty small town stuff yet. Like, there's no grudges that have developed and stuff like that. Well, Theo's got some working, but oh yeah, uh, <laughs> haven't quite got to that point yet. Yep. So it's like it's hard to like hate anybody just yet i feel like yep except for um, Ike. yeah oh yeah. come that's, on that's just i mean good. he's that's an just asshole he hasn't done anything ike is literally the red rich hair. Hair. yeah 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 he hasn't done anything he's just a rich uh, kid who hasn't had the experience like... to think otherwise yep he's rude but where's I mean, a rich guy who is nice yeah but uh, yeah i, mean, I, I like even... i like warner yeah. He seems like like sort of not quite condescendingly paternal, mm-hmm. but like he's still a nice person. Yep. Yeah, but Warner Warner is definitely the the guy who's like, yep, thanks, but like I really wish you had a different attitude when you were doing nice things. And mm. yeah, and Ike is is definitely like we haven't talked about it much, in, but he is definitely the entitled brat. We should be making mm-hmm. more money off this kind of stuff. Right. And it just ha- it hasn't come up in the forefront to a story. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking about that as uh, all of our PCs are going to be a little bit more involved mm-hmm. in town and stuff like that. Um, oh, I really like rap. I mean, we haven't seen him much at all, but the, um, the big Norwegian guy who's the foreman of like the day shift. Yeah, Furnace. Um, Rapture asked, "What are some topics or mysteries you'd like to explore that you didn't do in the Rookery?" Oh yeah, just generally. Just generally, some things that we've enjoyed or things we're looking forward to. Um, I will say, I mean, chose there's just so I could do this, but Spirit mm-hmm. wanted to do some more stuff with the Gauntlet and uh, Spirit Courts and stuff like that, and so far so good. Especially our our. Our spider queen. <laughs> All hail the queen. Sure, nothing bad will happen from her. I mean, you know how to get through there nicely. Exactly. Well, 
For me, I want antagonistic relationships with other supernaturals. Like, I know in the first one, I wanted to be everybody's best friend, but like, I want to see a terrifying werewolf, shape changers, things out in mm. the wilderness that. Skinwalkers. Yeah. Things that don't want to be our best friend and are, in fact, horrifying. I'd uh, kind of good. I said kind of peeling off of that. I have I know that we're not doing a mage changeling game, but with that being the original design of the dark era that we're basing oh, the yeah. game off of uh, some just and, and Gisela's sort of backstory pulling into it. Well, some just fucked up fae shit out in the wilds in the desert would be sick. Yep. Um, I'd be interested to see, like, to have, um, like, a supernal antagonist. You mean beyond, tr- b- besides the one sitting in your mind? <laughs> yes, well, but there it is. That, the one sitting in mind is, right now, it's fairly passive. Like, it's something that we want to deal with, but it's not actively, like, thwarting us. It's just doing its thing, hanging out, sort of. And maybe that'll come up in after the time scale and stuff. Depends but, on the time scale you look at. Yeah, yeah. and I'd, I'd be interested to see, like, to try and resolve that. How do we deal with this so it doesn't become an ongoing problem without, you know, unleashing the abyss? Yeah. That kind of thing that would be interesting to, thing to explore, I think. Yeah. What about Ralph? Ralph. Even though um, Ralph wasn't of, there for the rookery, but sure, what other themes have, you know... Uh, one of my favorite things about Mage is the astral realms and its connection with the real world. So, been trying to get back there. I hadn't picked up on that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Ralph and I sitting over here with our little mini cabal of like, oh yeah, we're getting into the astral. We're going to do some dumb shit. Hey, I volunteered for something astral related. You did. I've I've been quite keen on that since you suggested Mm -hmm. it. So, uh, and I still am. Uh, I think yeah, we're gonna cover uh, that one thing the, that could it, be it's just gonna be something just we put skim in the over in the skip. time skip. It didn't seem like that good of an idea. <laughs> Who so. cares, right? Uh, <laughs> one thing I'd like to see in that it, it, when visiting the the Temenos is more of the significance of your actions in a local space. And how that influences its Timonotic representation. So uh, mm-hmm. I was quite explicit about Cloak's interest in that. I would like to witness mm-hmm. it happen through anyone's eyes, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be through Cloak's actions or um, from my perspective. Just uh, I, I think that's like- one of the most compelling things about it is you create this mind realm wherein your actions, your thoughts, your your orientation to things in the real world have some residue, and that has feedback. And so seeing more of that and how people are influenced by that is something I'd like to see. Almost like the, um, what's the thing changelings can do? Like dream, dream shaping, dream mm. fighting. Yeah. You romancing. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. It's just called that. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah. But no, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very interested because it's going to come up in the time skip because I want to just put that for cloak to have is, you know, the, the pentacle guys going, yeah, the astral. Yeah, there, and you can find Purgatory Bluff in the astral, and you know, see the Goetia that live there that are affected by the thoughts of stuff, and 
you know, you can do stuff and manipulate it and it won't necessarily always keep depending, you know, like in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go kill the Marvel version of Thor and people are going to stop caring about it. But Marvel's probably going to go ahead and print some more comics and then people are going to talk about him again. He's going to come back uh, in some way, form or fashion. So mm-hmm. what the, the, the active gardening that you have to do is something mm-hmm. that Ralph and I have talked about and That'll be mm. that'll be fun, and I've I never be been shy time. about. I love the astral, so that's mm. right. Um, Drew, how's it been dealing with and prepping for four PCs instead of three that you got used to? Yeah, it's about the same. Uh, really, isn't too <laughs> what much do you mean, of a difference. Prep time. Uh, yeah, and and for me, like the the three that I was dealing with before were much higher gnosis <laughs> and had more arcana, um, and so I've had time to coax into that and i haven't had to deal with quite the same shenanigans right the way it was at the end of the rookery um and also because these players are all coming in with low level mages but they also like part of the buy-in to this is there are a bunch of mages who don't know better and don't know so i can't expect them because out of character they're on board for the consequences or the Mm -hmm. they don't know the consequences poor poor uh, Elliot getting sent off to the underworld. And like, yay, bye, buddy. We helped. We helped. We helped. We helped. He passed on. We're helping. He, we helped. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We did a good thing. <laughs> this it's is fine. a good thing we've done. It's fine. Look at that. Yeah. Come on. See, he's not here haunted and yeah, no, it's good. Uh, but yeah, stuff like that or, you know, Isabel going, What's on the other side of the, the the gauntlet here? I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> Boop. Oh. <laughs> yep. Um, and so that that uh, be gonna have to just gonna have to push Theo through. Like, hey, it's gonna be a little tight when you get in there. Can you make it not? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I wonder if I could. That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, and, Why not? Yeah. Go find out. Just mind your manners. Yes, uh, which that mm, never mind. I'm not going to say anything she more. Might, she <laughs> might not like that. <laughs> How would you feel um, having somebody just pop into your living room and start moving the furniture around? <laughs> depends. Did they make it look better? Dirty. <laughs> um. All right. Potentially serious question here. Mm. Eldon asked, "What's one thing you'd tell your younger selves if you had the chance?" And that was clarified to be. I guess in or out of character, whichever mm. is more interesting. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's definitely, hey, remember that hundred bucks that you just left in the bank? Go invest that in name of stock. <laughs> for me, it'd be the to tell my younger self, the only person that you need to worry about is the person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. That's the only person whose opinion really matters. Yeah. Ralph? Sure. I would tell myself the same thing that I think Cloak would tell himself by coincidence, which is you need to be your own friend. Mm-hmm. It's something I really would have benefited from hearing at any point in my past. Especially, Ash? you know, before I turned 20. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Ash. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of things. 
Yeah. I imagine they might be similar with me. Yeah. I don't just go back with like a checklist of things. It's just like, and look. <laughs> and this means this. Um, I will steal a line from a YouTuber I started watching uh, named Elaine Joy. Uh, it's okay to be gay. <laughs> I love Alana. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Canadian, too. Mm-hmm. Manitoba. I was very much on the yes, it's okay, but it's I'm not. not me. <laughs> <laughs> you can be gay if you want to. I think is her actual like merch line. Um, but yeah, if you if you think you might be different, then just feel that out and accept it. You don't have to pretend to be something you're not for so long. Yeah. That goes for you um, folks out home too. Yeah, we we did just pass up uh, National Coming Out Day. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, Mike asked, "Are there any rule the town plans?" Hmm. I know we've got one sheriff planned. Yeah. We've got a graveyard keeper. Sort of thing. I I would say influence the town plans, mm -hmm. but not not be front and center. More the superhero Clark Kent, you know, in the telephone booth, sort of helping out. I think is kind of the general path of innovation. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think Isabel's is, is like rule the town. It's more of I'd be good at this, mm -hmm. and it would make me. You know, it would have people indebted to me if I did this. Yeah. So that's quite true. It'd probably worth doing. Isabel's vibe comes comes very across as you're all a bunch of sheep and I can be the the wolf dog, right? Mm. Yeah. It's almost not even that like there's like a there's like a paternal protecting sort of thing there mm -hmm. that like maybe isn't even as like developed as that. I think more it's just this is this would be a good way for me to survive mm -hmm. and have people owe me and you know it's that next like i don't know not so altruistic then yeah the the hierarchy of needs for isabel is uh i would say not well filled out <laughs> on a kind of tangential note to that i'm interested to see because with the rookie in Manhattan, it's so freaking huge and there's so many people, like we were barely making a dent. But now we're um, in a small town. Like, how supernally is the town going to change and how are the people going to change supernally? Um, like, I, uh, I'm i interested to see how that's going to end up playing out because we're going to be a much bigger influence on Purgatory Bluff than the rookie ever was yep. in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's to say nothing of like long-term Nimbus developments and stuff like that. Yeah, and kind of related to that, right? Because we're, we're sort of making a supernal mm -hmm. imprint on this area and and everything is going to eventually sort of conform to that in certain ways and it's going to be fun to see how that happens. Quite true. Until we teach Rilla to clean up our messes. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, like, I can see, like, fallen magic rituals almost working into, yeah. the, the, like, the daily fabric of life and we don't necessarily know how or why it happened. And that kind of thing it could be fun. Mm. That's very true. <laughs> Notes. Where are you saying, Ruff? Uh, I was going to say that Legba is going to set up a crossroads in the course of the time skip. 
there's going to be some crossroads set up that doesn't really lead anywhere um, because it doesn't. Uh, well, no, let's not. Let's say this a little differently. Um, he's going to create a, a series of paths that go in different directions and people can walk away from town and head to the crossroads and uh, they will notice or they will learn that that's where they can head if they have a seemingly intractable problem and they'd like advice especially if they're willing to in exchange do something good on behalf of another person We, so, I mean, we talked about lighting a black candle or putting out a green lantern yeah. or whatever. So, All yeah, kinds of I stuff. Mean, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And I mean, there is technically yeah, I, a crossroads, but it's in the middle of the town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, he's 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 going to be he's yeah. going to position himself to provide advice and service to the town as some strange old man that you can find off in the distance. So, I mean, that old man, right? Because he's right. not taking all of Legba's likeness and and mantle, but yeah, I'm looking forward to. I think yeah, there's another question down here about the covenant itself later, but I'm looking forward to developing it out. What the covenant is to the town, mm. how we start presenting it, and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Like, how do we become accessible to solve problems and stuff like that, or do we? And yeah, <laughs> and how actually altruistic that is for each member of the coven because again like from from isabel and petricor's perspective like what is this gonna get me sure i won't actively make someone's life worse in town but like how is this gonna make my life better hmm. what about for ash ruling town from the from the general store <laughs> no i don't have any sort of plans of trying to like become a person in town oh. just would like to keep the family functioning that's true yeah you, you she Fix does have my a problems. bit of a, a closer personal priority for now um camo number two <laughs> start ringing the bell here right. um in a second uh, Camo asked, uh, what has been the best aha moment for each character so far? Mm-hmm. The vision of Veloja. Ooh, yeah. Which that has been sitting in my back pocket for so long. <laughs> and like, and now I'm like, a, you know, I'm on a trail. I gotta know what the hell that was. It was pretty good. Was that rough? Well, I can wait. Um, I was just saying I knew what mine is. I'm happy to wait for Ash. Oh, for me, it's going to be the horrible fey moths that are eating up my parents' timeline. Just your dad's. Just my dad. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, his dad fine. before him. And we should You're next. see about dealing with that sometime soon. Someone should do something about this. Uh, Ralph, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Uh, it was <clears throat> when I learned that the supernal entity below was, well, how do we put this? Colluding with uh, a massive collection of depressed minds 
to kill a very important NPC in Cloak's life. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're dealing with space and stuff like that. Well, she's in tremendous peril right now. It was like, oh, maybe I could have foreseen this. You know, that was definitely a little blunder um, on my part out of character when I didn't anticipate that this ruinous mind collapse causing was... supernal entity might be a problem if I'm allowing this NPC to go into the same space. Like, they might be back, right? To they didn't fair. leave, so. To be fair, yeah. it wasn't part of your path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally not true. even in your, your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was oh. like when that started happening in the game, I'm just like, oh, and what did we lock her in with? Yeah. Um, Isabel's. Uh, man, there's like two. So there's the Petrichor moment of flat on your back in a rainstorm like <laughs> singed to near to death by lightning mm-hmm. um which was great i love that scene yeah like no no, no i can do it <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. whoops <laughs> and then you know flown around and everything uh and then uh the 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 waking up with the seer in the bedroom scene oh yeah it's like did your dad not train you? I was like, wait, what? That was a good one. What would you talk about? Yeah. Yep. So I'm looking forward to. I actually hadn't talked about that in our uh, time skip stuff, but trying to maybe start figuring out what what all is going on with that without you know getting dragged into especially when when the the silver ladder or when the uh, the pentacle come in and go yeah you're dead and you're going hang on now i've heard it from both hold, sides hold on <laughs> how come i didn't know yeah you gotta tell me some details come on now because right. you were you were young yeah oh. uh, um, Mike asked, were there any special considerations we had to take into account due to the time period? Uh, any further plans to explore themes or plot hooks that may stem from prevailing attitudes of the time? Uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, uh, Gisela's parents trying to marry her off, etc., etc. I mean, yeah, for, for um, me, there was definitely we, com- some, I mean, some discussion about it. And it's like, what do we, you yeah. know, how far are we willing to go with this? And, you know, we made it clear the town's going to be safe. You know, yeah. there might be some attitude stuff, but yeah, any like there, there, there will racists don't get to set up shop in town, basically. Well, I mean, even back to when you pitched us game ideas, mm-hmm. we yeah. had that conversation. We did, and you're like, okay, we can do pirates. Here are some other ideas I had, and we all were like, oh shit, yeah, the West is like diverse as fuck. We could have all this going on. You know, it's, it's not just like white cowboys doing things mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the movies it's like actually historically one of the like most diverse time periods in yep. uh the western u.s history until you know very recently um and lots of stuff to pull from and um i don't i don't know if this gives anything away but there's like would it be too weird if a fucking samurai showed up <laughs> i was like no that's dope <laughs> 
Yeah, the, the time frame allows for a lot of wacky crossovers that, because of the way we learn history, you don't ever really think about. And uh, just of the nature of the period of time, like, while those elements don't necessarily have to be present in the town, they're still accessible as story beats in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we the do things up, villains can do mm-hmm. if we need them to. Yep. yep. Uh, one consideration we had is we made the, the decision for an anachronism where we had six shooters yep. instead of, yeah, ca- instead of right. capping because ball pistols. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Just, we're very much operating on a rule of cool, mm-hmm. su- supernaturally influenced tech. yeah. technology, tech stuff. That being said, for like basically every aspect of my character's backstory, I made sure it was all plausible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I looked up all the books I have listed as her owning and made sure that they were in print and widely available <laughs> at the time in this language. Because, you know, in case you hadn't noticed, yeah. uh, Ash is a little bit hardcore when it comes to character creation. Well, and Ash actually... is an adventure librarian, basically. <laughs> uh, hold on, this was another question. Um, we can hook into Toast's question. Oh, yeah. Um, Toast asked, how did you go about doing your historical research for the setting? Uh, how much of it did you do in terms of time, I suppose? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think individually, each of us kind of went off on our own paths and researched things. And I mean, you can tell that Ralph certainly has done a lot of work. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just to touch on that a little bit, just uh, because Theo is, um, is Roma, um, when we were doing the art with Brenna, we were working with um, a, mm-hmm. a Roma artist for the character design and stuff. And, um, I was pinging for just a little bit of, of cultural information and things like that that I don't, didn't necessarily have mm-hmm. access to, and I didn't want to, you know, sort of trust sources. I'd rather go to somebody who's lived that culture to right. get sort of that mm-hmm. framework. Yep. I know for for Isabel, I had a couple key things of like being Spanish nobility. In, in Mexico and then the time when we settled on a timeline it was like okay yeah this totally makes sense like she'd be literally a child during the Mexican Revolution and then that sort of jumped me into some more research on um, I mean down to like where battle campaigns were drawn and stuff like that and specific regions of where she might be sent to a you know a friend a, a friend to, to be safe and out of the way and stuff like that and um uh, and then I ended up on, uh, of course, none of it stuck in my head, but I ended up on like a 18th century or 19th century uh, Mexican Spanish, like essentially dictionary, like slang dictionary. I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah, and, I think you pinged me about that. Yeah. Like, I have a, like, a bunch of slang that I could use. I was like, that's great. We haven't used it. <laughs> yeah, we haven't used it yet. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's important when you're portraying people that uh, you are not uh, to make sure that you get that you're faithful to it, right? That you're not just skimming the surface of it and and trying to not be a tourist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Drew has certainly done his part as well on a lot of this stuff. Yep. Um, Tried to at least. Yeah. Nobody's complained, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just gonna... I just got to interject for a sec. There's still a conversation pending between Isabel and Theo about Isabel's background, so that's going to be fun to explore. Mm, that. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. I was a child. Great. Go <laughs> <laughs> you got, you, are you mad at my dad? Because it sounds like I would be too. No, but there's definitely some things that drive Theo's motivations and oh, yeah, worldview sure. and things like that, right? So, yeah. Um, that was there anything that Ralph wanted to add? Hmm. Yeah, I'll say this. I was really encouraged by how we all got together and talked about different touch points that were important to us. And uh, as I expected, we have validated the, I think, pleasant experience really well. So I think it would be really good for people to know as they're watching us do this recognize that a lot of the things that have happened have been really deliberate even if they've seemed spontaneous in part because it's been really honest and, and intentional so people have a lot of care and everyone's pretty thoughtful so it's been really wonderful for us to be treating this part of the American hist part of American history and the American past right sorry not past physical past mm -hmm with um a dignity and uh w without shrouding over a lot of the ugliness that is still plaguing us today mm -hmm. yeah i did not want to go into this well, as cowboys and indians the mage yeah. game well, so yeah. so on that point like we had um in the in the cliffhanger gap between there's a native american woman mm. standing over you at the end of your bed and the next mm. week i said hey I just wanted, like, this is some things that Isabel might do or consider. That's and right, part of that yeah. was like, there's a native raiding party or something. Like, how did they get into town or something like that? And that would be yeah. sort of the knee-jerk reaction. And then what turned out that they were, you know, a white woman cosplaying. Yeah. Like, that's even shittier because yeah. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Yep. Yeah. We're more likely to, to fan those flames and stuff like that. So, just another. That was, I thought that was a good, good little mini seer action. Totally. Like, yeah. like, we didn't talk about it in, in the time, but. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I think in character, yeah, yeah. like, it wouldn't be a, a thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be something we would consider, but because we don't know that much about like all the little exarchal ministries and stuff like that but yeah that's such a fucking shitty thing to do <laughs> um you know they were working for wait they were the chancellor right yes i had to remember <laughs> dig up my notes i got all that from like the factory and the the, 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 the warehouse yeah, capitalism the vibes and stuff yep. like that yeah so um cool uh, um, I guess, yeah, Camo is kind of a question that sort of fits right in with this is how much, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, how much time did we spend developing backstories mm. as, for their characters as mortals prior to Awakening? So specifically, you know, that. Yeah, we actually had some pre awakening stuff. Really good backstories, especially, and not to call them out, but our Rookery characters, the their backstories were kind of not shallow, but they're like, here's a couple of milestones and then we were off. And some of the stuff kind of mm -hmm. developed a little bit more later, um, but at character creation, mm -hmm. they were pretty, pretty uh, stock D and D characters. Of you know, I showed up. Uh, here's a couple you know milestone things, and that was it. 
Um, now I know Craig. I, I mean, that was the first game everyone put together and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we had a pretty good. Well, compared to these characters. Oh, compared yes. to this. Sure, 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 sure. Because I have definitely showed up to a table of my, my name is Garbarian the Barbarian. <laughs> it's time to play the game. Uh, versus Songbird had a little bit. Songbird had a little bit more going mm. on than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, co comparatively, definitely, I think. And and we I I at least reiterated uh, on Isabel a couple times, um, uh, especially because we were making characters while we were doing. Uh, Blades and Dark and, mm -hmm. and Star Trek, and we had our lines and veils conversation. That's right. And Drew mentioned a line that he had that my backstory was going to be violating, and I was like, "Okay, nope. <laughs> Appreciate that. Let's yeah, let's let's rewrite that." Um, and uh, so yeah, like definitely, I don't know in terms of hours, but definitely lots of research and background development and stuff like that. Yeah, we were quite yes. over that. Um, same for me. I, I'm Theo. Is I'm playing a character that is completely out of my experience um, culturally um, and historically and that kind of stuff. So I think she's gone through a bunch of iterations. Is because I want to try and treat her history um, with sensitivity and stuff, but trying to find that I'm feel like I'm kind of walking a line between um, with the treatment and trying to find that right the right tone for um for how to portray her and and her story and mm -hmm. stuff so that she went through a lot of iterations before i found some down on where she is now i'm very cognizant that i am not a like a a, a woman individual i'm not a woman and uh, i'm not gay <laughs> those are all sort of factors i'm trying to cover with her in a thoughtful way if that makes sense yeah, it's yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. It's real fun playing Catherine, bud. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I can do this. So, you know, uh, I also needed to be quite cognizant of a difference in cultural experience between myself and Cloak. And the reason why is, um, I think a lot of people can understand this, but uh, it can be a little challenging to recognize from experience that black experiences are very different depending upon where you're from. So in this case, I'm playing uh, a formerly enslaved black person who is not from the U.S. And so their attachment to place is different. So even escaped slaves being played in 1846 is going to feel very different about Purgatory Bluff and about the country. Right. If you were born there, your grandparents were born there. I mean, depending upon when they came, right, when they were enslaved and brought over. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to feel different. So Jean-Paul doesn't feel like this is his home, but it's becoming his home. And so I've had to keep that in mind, that this is a foreign place, that this is a hostile mm -hmm. place that he didn't choose to come to. And so his expectations about how people would treat him and his concept of his black identity is very different because he comes from a place that is predominantly black. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, to, to you know, in their a year and change at this point now and like for me i've been in houston for years and just now am i like yeah houston is home you know <laughs> yeah and now that i have a house <laughs> now it yeah, feels like right. home. 
Yeah, totally. Ooh, that is actually another thing I'll have to ask Ralph about. It's like, uh, you know, the, the maroons making houses. Oh, Especially yeah, after, totally. Especially after the farm raising. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I mean, to... they're not going to go too deep in the mines. So mm-hmm. I think at a certain point, it's going to try and stay there's shallow. There's down there. What did you say? So there's ball rocks. <laughs> yeah. Also that. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But they, they set up homes in the mine. Hmm. What? Uh, no, I wasn't suggesting that, but um, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I just meant in the sense that they need things to do other than just mining silver at a certain point. If you know, it seems like the the mining paths are getting too deep. John Paul would think it's it's dangerous based on. I mean, it depends on what happens with the supernal being that's present, causing all these collapses and stuff like that, right? If that's all resolved, these collapses it only caused one collapse. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, fine. Then I'll say causing calamity. <laughs> the other ones were just normal mind collapses that fine. mines have. Absolutely. Listen, I didn't have anything to do with those other 15 collapses. I only caused one. <laughs> only caused one. <laughs> just because Allegedly, I was delighted yeah. by the others. <laughs> um, Ash, did you have anything to add? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I put a decent amount of work into just like who Gisela was and what her life has been like. Um, what her father's life was like. Mm, the curse, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just sort of how that might have impacted who she is as a person now. Uh, the original idea I had for her as a mage changed once I started playing her. Mm. Because I'm like, well, it's not going the way I anticipated it would it's she's kind of going in another direction and i'm fine with that it's fun but i've had to alter things and shift gears you know. mm. people actually listen to you well, one person and all of a sudden everybody listens to her yeah no but no. yeah it is definitely um, different because compared to cassandra um how much backstory is there to the big named npcs we've seen so far what big named npcs <laughs> Right now, say your your Warner and rights. Yeah, let's just say because you know Warner's got his thing going on. You've got the Royal Society, and really that's it for for big name, you know NPCs. You've got the one seer who very clearly is like a low rung soldier, um, and then you have a supernal being in the mines. Uh, it's actually one of the things I went out of my way to do is like I'm not going to throw a big bad at you guys like I did with Graves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, We'll have we'll have other problems or mischief or, you know, we, we had Elliot, for instance, who ended up becoming a bit more of a thing. Um, the, the Moros was like, mm, OK, we're, we're done with you. <laughs> Slap on the wrist. Get out of here. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've tried to avoid doing the stereotypical BBEG in town. Now, of course, after the time skip and the mages are going to be like, Man, there is nothing new to learn inside Purgatory. We need to go find stuff. We need to explore stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to start getting into who's it, who else is out here. To be fair, we made Graves the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to be just neutral and kind of scummy. We, 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 we did that to ourselves. Yes. Which yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's actually right, right in line with another question that got asked. 
You might want to take a guess who asked it. Camo. Camo. That's what I'm talking Something about. Like that. That's um, some good ones. Uh, how would the characters of this campaign interact with someone the likes of Mr. Graves? Uh, I will say it would intend it would depend entirely upon how he introduced himself this time. And I mean, I think in this scenario, we might have actually been allies or something had a much more cordial yeah. relationship because we didn't have the cultural bias against graves. He, Somebody calling, it, calling you up and calling you by your sympathetic name. Yeah. I mean, people right. know my name. They call my name all the time. <laughs> but, uh, yes, but someone showing up and, and like blackmailing you or whatever, it's not going to go well. Just, I think based on how players react to, to these sorts of things ever um but yeah like you know some little scummy seer informant that just was like trying to make some deals and get a profit off of it like yeah okay might be something that we work with as a sort of you know you've got a key to a mystery we've been trying to work on i guess we have to work with you <laughs> part of the whole being like a you know further down the line a nameless order right. is what we've talked about um you know it's it's uh not firmly aligned with either the diamond or the sears yep. no but we also uh as players are a bunch of softy do-gooders so <laughs> it's always hard to push ourselves to you know play along with the bad guys I'm not on the side of oppression i'm a ruthless person <laughs> i got no kindness in my heart Crafty man. <laughs> Meanwhile, leaving <laughs> felt felt cards behind, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Crafty man went in the wrong direction. He shouldn't have got shouldn't have got that trauma. He started breaking kneecaps. Let's remember. <laughs> yep, that's fair. That's fair. We got so traumatized. <laughs> Point of the game. <laughs> yep. Drive it like you stole it. Um, <laughs> these two questions kind of sort of ask the same thing hmm. i'm gonna kind of ask them together but from camo and noda um camo's phrasing was if you had to play another character pc or npc who would it be and noda was if you could play another player's character who would you choose hmm. uh, any characters from old games could apply to make it more interesting too. Hmm. i'd go play mammon i i would play mammon like mammon had like his backstory and everything like yep because I, I mean, I'd, I'd have played them very similar to how we see, mm. you know, uh, John Paul Cloak Legba being played is very little abrasive and, uh, you know, just like, yeah, man, I don't care about social niceties and, you know, I'm just going to you know, tell you how it is. And it's how Drifter was going to be played, too. But Drifter, Drifter was a little bit more communal and like, let's care mm. for the community. But Mammon was out for himself and I, I enjoyed that. But not that makes to be sense. Just a greedy asshole. I thought, I mean, my read on on Drifter was that he was caring for the community in much the same way a craftsman cares for their tools. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope. Don't want anything to break. I want everything to work. Yeah. I really liked Vicar. I love Vicar's. (laughs) Vicar was so good. I guess I just got to kill this angel now. (laughs) Hang on. 
Ron? How did we get here? So anyways, I started blasting. And, uh, bo- loading the bullets. I'm sorry I had to be this way, son. <laughs> Light my cigar. <laughs> That's right. Vicar had such good, like, you could just old go back. school comics Wolverine energy. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. Just like fucking big ass stogie. Mm-hmm. Like, hell yeah. That's great. Great. I, I drive still, off down the street in the little twist and he's right. gone and yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Man, I still re- I still remember Chris's face. Yeah, so I guess I'm gonna shoot him. You're yeah. huh? Because <laughs> we hadn't even we haven't even tried to fight Supernals in the Rookery at that point. We never did, no. actually, now that I think about it. It was just That was a good fight yeah, though. It was very good. Very cinematically run. Yeah. I'm just gonna foomp onto the stained glass and oh yeah. Had a little bayonetta thing going yes. on. That's great. Yeah. Um Oh yeah. Hmm. I guess we we, we should interject uh, here. And any of the NPCs would automatically become mages, right? Right. Um. Could play network. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I think I think Drew was incapable of being as shitty as I wanted him to be. Oh, yeah, not even network necessarily so much as Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> like, start off playing as Jimmy and then awaken. Yeah, that would have been fun. Uh, alternatively, um, a, a more, uh, we'll say, less monster fucker version of Atratus. <laughs> <laughs> Just really double down on the the death and, and breaking shit. Although, we, I mean, we make a, fun of that, but I don't think Atratus really did do much of that. Nah, she just wanted to be everybody's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, who, what happened off screen stays <laughs> off screen. <laughs> I don't remember her name, but what was uh, Atratus's cryptid hunter? Shanna. 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 That would have been dope. a fun one, I think. Good work. Oh, uh, yeah. Good work on well, that one. I guess she was technically my character, too. But yeah, oh, yeah, like when I was making her character sheet, I'm like, I want to play. I want to play <laughs> this for real. Yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, you started you started telling me about her when we were hanging out one time. And I was just like, did you make, did you make this for me in case I die? <laughs> oh, that would have been good. You'd be yeah. like, all right. And Chris will not be playing Shanna and be like. So we have changed <laughs> characters. How and what do you mean that there's this is picking up a bunch degrees. of the dots and <laughs> yeah, approximately three yeah. degrees? You're saying, Greg? Yeah. So Shannon would have, if I had played played on the character, I think Shannon would be it. Another character that I would would have loved to have played was. Um, Oh my gosh. And yeah, I saw a chat talking about Judd, uh, but I didn't know if I actually wanted to play Judd until the TV <laughs> came out and could figure out his powers. Uh, but no, it was, um, oh my gosh. Does he have powers? Um, uh, oh my gosh. Cool college uh, professor. Kiza. Kiza. I would have loved playing Kiza. I love him so much. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because Kiza he, was the, the good guy version of Drifter. It's just like, yeah, let's be. Let's be. For those keeping score, Drew has only said he's wanted to play other Mastigos that were in the games. Yes. <laughs> the factory, factory <laughs> also has a type. Yeah, factory was also very cool because factory was leaning into the the matter stuff. Um, but I really liked Pip. Pip was fun too. Um, I mm-hmm. I am kind of sad we never got to see Pip with her very what like den mother her sweet back. sweet thyrsus and the big fucking rifle. <laughs> mm. 
Um, I mean, just put her into this game. <laughs> like an elephant gun. Yeah. Have it happen. That's true. Right um, on a stagecoach. Yep. Um, Mike asked if we have any coven name ideas. No. <laughs> the witches of Purgatory Bluff. Like, why why mess with a, with what you got? I mean, we only just recently became aware that there might be other covens out there. Yeah. And do they even have names? We don't know. Mm-hmm. In the one year time skip, you definitely figured that out because, uh, oh, yeah. not red. Um, oh, my gosh. Something about a rainbow and a waterfall. No, that's red. Uh, yeah. No, no, the uh, the silver ladder. Um, uh, Limnir. Yeah. Uh, is definitely good to be the guy who is not a werewolf totally but looks to- like a werewolf totally not a werewolf also totally silver ladder because i wanted that very weird distinction of like hang on the outdoorsy woodsman werewolf guy is also the one who's really into paperwork okay i like him a lot and his freaking showman pitches yes mm-hmm. yeah that was good um two two part two point mm-hmm. tack room to PT Tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, asked how frontier is the town? How much traffic passes through? How far is it to the nearest population center? How wide is the river and how large a boat normally traverses it? So give us the quick Ricky wiki rundown right. of uh, Purgatory Bluff. You know, population is you know under a hundred. Uh, well, actually with the miners it's probably probably crests over a hundred because the miners alone is probably 60 or 70 people um and mm. then the town to support it and stuff like that the river allows for two barges to pass by each other when it's really low one barge might need to bank itself while the other passes by um but and it's got regular traffic you know usually there's a ship every couple days coming through mm. now they don't always necessarily stop um, because Purgatory right. Bluff is not that big, but and then you've got Fort I can't remember what um, that's up or downriver or whatever is north of town, so it's not so far out that you know there's a concern, but it's not a um, you know tactically important town in any way other than it has a silver mine. Um, if, I mean that's probably where first quest leads to. Right. So we leave the starter town and got to go to the military base next right. door. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I think that covers most of it. But yeah, and it is frontiersy because, it, I mean, it's it's 1846, 1847. You know, uh, there's not a lot of development that's come out this way. The train hasn't come out, which was one of the things actually we talked about. Uh, Purgatory Bluff. Mm-hmm. Nope, there's no railroad. Absolutely not. Nobody wanted it. I mean, we're, uh, we're still well short of the, even the time frame of that. Well, the Intercontinental, right? yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could could have trains, but yeah, yeah they sure. haven't been heading that far west yet. Um, uh, I guess this, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, Toast asked, how did you go about your historical research for the setting? No, we, yep, we did. We did. Chris W asks, any suggestions on running a Mage the Awakening game for newbies who haven't played a Ronica uh, Chronicles of Darkness game? Mm. Spend time getting familiar with the spellcasting rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're, if you're going to be teaching it, you gotta, you, you gotta be good at it. Chuck all the, chuck all the fun, or all the fluffy rules out and just have them roll Gnosis plus Arcana for mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And, and 
play with the lore and the funness of the setting yeah. first would be my suggestion. Yeah, especially yeah, if before you try to get into all the crunchy rules, just yeah. If you're trying to get it. them to play and show them mage is cool, yeah. Gnosis plus Arcana plus, you know, a relevant bonus if they can come up with a cool item or thing in the environment that they're pulling on. Mm -hmm. uh, and just call that good uh, because it, it's going to be a one shot and set that up and just let them feel out the vibe of I can do anything based on practices and just live off of the practices that are in the book. And so that's two mm -hmm. pages. And it's like, OK, how many dots do you have? These are the things you can do. Uh, and don't mm -hmm. stress about it, but then remind them afterwards that, hey, you might have to f fix these later when you're actually really right. playing. But yeah, um, that's the that's the big one. And I would tell them to stay away from the void state, void safe, whatever website that is, because that absolutely ruins your ability to cast spells quickly. Because that mm. comes up on Reddit all the time. How do I get be better at this? I keep using this website and walking through it step by step. I'm like, yes, that's like using a calculator to do arithmetic every single time. Yes, it will get you to the right mm -hmm. answer, but if you can't do 10 plus 10 in your head, it's going to slow you down. Ralph, any uh, mm. advice to add on? Yeah. Uh, with Mage in particular, I would suggest that, and this is not something we were able to do in this campaign, but I would have suggested it for this one as well, that you do not give people rotes at all until they can wrap their head around creative thaumaturgy mm -hmm. because it creates uh, a very strong creative constraint mm -hmm. yeah. around how you Just think of magic mentally. yes absolutely you yeah, think you of them as spells in the book instead of yeah yep. what's the spell we can cast as opposed to how do we oh, work with the, the flexible system yeah, not that you don't assign them just like until people until I players thought... can work around the idea yeah. that these rotes are representations of things that they're doing otherwise. And especially if they don't have rotes, they're not casting the rote, right? All of these are yeah. effects and they function the same way. And it allows you to do all kinds of interesting things that aren't intrinsically limited by what... Oh, no, you're, you're fine. Just to clarify, because I know some people are going, what? Ralph is talking about the pre-built spells and calling those the, the ones as rotes. Um, yes, because right. that's what they are. Mm -hmm. All the ones in the books are just sample rotes, right? They aren't... Praxis, I mean, you can have them as a praxis, right? But they are examples of rotes, nothing else. They're not examples of the limits on things you can do. They're examples of things you can do. Right. And so most of the system is improvised spellcasting, but oftentimes we don't get to that because we focus on the things that are described and it's easier to wrap your head around. Right. Actually, that's probably a good sure. way to start is don't even let your players know the spells as written up. Right. Yeah. Just just go with practice and yep. go from there, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It puts then, a lot more work on you as the DM. Mm -hmm. Can be. Can. But again, it's one of those ideas. If this is a one shot, you're just trying to get yeah, them yeah. interested. Yep. For sure. Um, anything else? <laughs> Give them an open-ended mystery, because that's what I've done every single mm -hmm. time. It's like, what's causing this? Well, it could be a ghost. It could be a spirit. It could be a god machine angel it could be werewolves in the basement it could be whatever and just let them go figure it out and when they feel like they're onto something yeah that's totally what it is guys and let them go chase it yeah something i'm just a general dm storyteller advice is the 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 plot and the solutions to puzzles and things like that are what the players came yep. up with yeah, if you need a very specific aspect to continue the story on, okay, throw that in there for them to find, but it doesn't need to be the mm -hmm. the resolution. Especially with trying to do mystery stuff for Mage, like 
you can write 47 different clues that you think are all there and easily found and players might find yep. a lot of and i mean with mage post-cognition all right what happened that. in this room <laughs> right yeah i guess it, it may not even make the same uh leaps of logic yeah when you're doing you a problem when you came up with the clues. don't come up with a way for them to solve it just give them the problem yeah yeah, yeah. that's right um camo was Cloaks and Eros meant to be high seas piratey to mm. keep us from rioting? No. <laughs> As home. Yeah. As all all Oniros lobbies, air quote, which I wasn't great about in the rookery, are are all points of transportation and travel and transition and stuff like that to where you go from here, where you, you wake up in your own Eros, and then you go somewhere else. Um, you know. Atratus's was probably the closest in the fact that it's not necessarily transition or shifting, but it's a big house with a bunch of doors. Um, those lead to other places. Um, Ralph and and I, it was just very easy to be like, oh, yeah, this isn't the obvious one of, yeah, it's back home, sort of, and all these ships docked and ready to go. So. We talked about him working on the docks, too. So. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, it's totally familiar. Person. Yeah. That's how he thinks of um, large transporting long distances. I'm going to ask Mike's question to feed into Camo's question. <laughs> um, uh, Mike asks, is there a set? Is this a setting with only mages or do other splats exist and just aren't crossing the character's paths? Mm. We've kind of talked about this, but other supernatural stuff exists, but I'm not using any of the books. I might use them for ideas things that you know these mm -hmm. things might do just that way i don't play a super stereotypical vampire um right. or werewolf but yeah no if if you see a werewolf do not expect it is uratha or actually as it came up in uh discord today everyone's like oh uh, if you're watching this i expect you've watched episodes one through 20 oh a rank seven spider uh spirit that's terrifying that's super powerful and my response was the it's like the... but it goes to 11 dial like why am i going to be <laughs> limited to oh yeah rank seven is scary well hang on rank seven can be scary what's up at rank 10 <laughs> uh because even the book only goes to yeah rank that was eight. that was my reaction when i read through the werewolf stuff and it's like oh the first one in rank seven well then what the fuck do rank eight, nine, and ten exist right. for? And so, yeah, I've got I've got some ideas floating around there. I don't know that we'll necessarily see it because that's some arc mastery kind of things. That's some horrifying things. Yeah, but yeah, literally kneeling before God at yep. that point. Um, and then so sort of the tie-in uh, facing facing the players uh, question here is if the characters were in a group of all other supernaturals. Uh, what would the group be and why? And the examples are like being part of a werewolf pack or a changing Molly or something like that. Mm -hmm. So your your character is now part of uh, a player group of a different splat, I think mm -hmm. is generally the question. I don't know enough about the other splats yeah. to answer mm -hmm. this. <laughs> yeah, because you've got your classic um, werewolf pack and the whole... Yeah, Isabel would either fit in really well or be dead within a day in a werewolf pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no middle ground, right? No middle ground. And with werewolves, that kind of makes sense. You are either an asset to the pack yeah. or we're getting you out of the way. Right. And then, yeah, you've got your your changeling motley, which honestly feel far more of the, like the family group 
like found family kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you got your guys crew, which is a pseudo religious cult. And what, how, how you, how do you deal with death and the afterlife and the underworld? And what do you want to do with it? And I love celebrants because it's like, Oh shit. The underworld sucks. Uh, celebrate life. Let's hang out with Time the dead people. Time for a fucking party. Now we're going to go kick an underworld God's ass and yeah, I, make it better. Yeah. Now that's not make this little corner better. Right. And that's not necessarily a celebrant thing. That's any guys group. Uh, guys but thing, there, yeah. there's actually one guys group. I cannot remember what they are. But yeah, their whole thing is let's go down to the underworld and dig up all the the knowledge that has been lost down there. Uh, I like those ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Um, but yeah. Cloak, Ruff, did you have an idea? Yeah, Cloak, Cloak would be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cloak would be Ordo Dracul. Yep. <laughs> you know, he'd fit in transcending with, uh, limitations with the... and trying to make sure that the beast does not overpower you. He would be a high humanity vampire. Yep. And probably one that does a lot with others to stop those <laughs> who succumb to the beast. That's fair. I was going to say, uh, I could see Cloak... Um, falling into a mystery surrounding a piece of infrastructure. Oh, yeah. And then getting getting wrapped up by a... Are they called conspiracies? I think so. Conspiracies of demons? Group of demons is called. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with all the, the mind magic and stuff like that. Then especially, like, all the, the demon ability to, like, lie and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Cloak be like, wow, did you... <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Gisa could fit in with some changelings, I feel like. Yes, yeah, I just don't know anything the about splats, a changeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. I feel like... I mean, it would depend on... I don't, don't know much about werewolf culture, but I feel like an Acanthus would be a good asset. Oh, dude, yeah, the pack will totally like, adopt you and be like, yep, you, uh, I actually was suggesting it to, to Ms. Grumpy today was the uh, the pack book. Because there's a section of, so what about the people who aren't werewolves in the pack? And how mm-hmm. you, do you adopt That's them? That's such a good book. Or uh, you know, are they uh, uh, a useful ally? There's a suggestion, there's there's a little, I love it. It's so, it's so good. It's a little scripted bit and the maid shows up and says, this is where we're trying to get into. Yeah, we can't get in there. There's bad things in there. Okay, well, I'm going to open this, but when we get in there, the bad thing, I get to study it before you all kill it. Yeah, 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 just let us in there. Okay, the stone opens up and the werewolves pounce in. And it's like, you guys good down there? As the mage just kind of sits back and I'm like, yes, backline study mage. All right. <laughs> hmm. um, all right, since it got brought up in chat, I guess we can do that. <laughs> Uh, Mike asks, what are your players' choices NPC-wise for Kiss, Mary Kill? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that many NPCs, yeah, y'all. That's right? exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kill the seer that crept into my bedroom. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that covers it. We're good. Mary, Mary I can take his money. It's a good plan. Kiss the mm-hmm. homies. And well, you can combine uh, yeah, those. Kiss the homies. Good night. Combine those two, right? <laughs> Mary oh, oh yeah, be a, Mary be a rich widow. Little, little uh, Fallout New Vegas Black Widow playthrough. 
Isabelle speedrun. <laughs> Kiss Spider Queen Barry Water Spirit Kill Ruin. Fair. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I mean, didn't you already kiss I mean, the water spirit? Fair. No. Uh no. Lot, some flirting no. and then some some essence handover. Yeah, give, give her some essence and pour her to fuck off. He made a dinner. Kiss Alphoth. Get that lightning. Oh yeah. Some hair raising experience or <laughs> there's a there's a pun there, I'm just not gonna mm. fight for it. Wait, are we raising rabbits? Is Frontier? Yeah, like, I want to marry Gisela off to someone, but there's no one in town. I mean, there is, but yeah, I've just probably not introduced. We we haven't haven't been relevant. Just gotta talk to Drew about it. Drew, make me a boyfriend. Put that aspiration in. (laughs) Well, that's the that's because that's the other question. Is it going to be a Gisela boyfriend or is it going to be the guy that, you know, mom and dad like? Yeah, fair. Or do we do both? And then we, we, we can play through the uh, we could play through the young adult novel uh, love triangle thing. This is who I'm supposed to marry, but this is who I want to marry. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, he might be a nice yes, guy, but he might be a nice guy. Just assuming he's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's not an assuming thing in character. Yeah, everybody knows he's a bit of an untitled asshole, and he has he has dated and uh, courted quite a number of the the women in town, and all of them mm-hmm. are uh, too uh, beneath him. Hmm. Well, just as in real life, everyone has depth and. A variety of traits. So mm-hmm. I, I feel mm-hmm. like right we at the find, beginning of the camp. What'd you say? I said we can find that out on screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The time. yeah, I expect we will. I just I feel like we've collectively taken a stance on Ike, or we did prior to him doing anything that we saw. Just a kind of vague description oh, yeah. from Drew that he's the entitled son of a wealthy landowner. And then based on our respective individual orientations to things like that and economic disparity. We were kind of like orienting on him as being a problem. I just think it might be helpful. Hey, it's a possibility. Maybe Drew has some plans, right? Like it turns out Ike is going to surprise us because he seems like an asshole. But it turns out he does have some things he wants to do for the town for the better. But he's struggling with his feelings of inadequacy because he doesn't actually have any status in town. He's just the rich kid and everybody interprets him that way. And I don't know what it's going to be. I'm just offering up that there's a number of ways the story could go. The one thing I will mention, because we, we have touched on it, is he's got some he's got some issues with his mom. Okay. You well, know? that's an important thing. Which, it's another NPC that I feel like, am I going to bring her out more? Or, yeah. Because she's definitely one of those ones that, like, Legbook could help. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I clarify that, like, the, the writing off of Ike is... From Chris, not from Chris. Isola. Or from Isabel. Isola. Jesus. See? It's so easy. <laughs> so glad we now have. You said Isabel and then corrected yourself to Isola. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. The name's just right there. Sorry. Brenna, Brenna texted me earlier because she was catching up and got to the part where I said Sophie instead <laughs> of Isabel. That's funny. It's like brain tangled. It's Too hard. many characters. Hmm, too many characters. Um, 
Uh, Camo says, after Vices, what are the characters' biggest flaws? And waiting mm. for that one. That was oh. a, a one I was curious about. That's a good one. Because Vices a, aren't flaws. They're just... The... No. Yeah. Yeah. For Theo, oh, that's a spoiler, I think. We'll get into that after the time skip. Hmm. All right. I'm very curious now. Right. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Now I want to make you answer it. Because I'm like, wait, what? Uh, Ralph, what do you think? Cloak's flaw is that uh, he presents these... Hmm, he's very open about a lot of things. And so people think he's disguising things. The truth is he's not disguising a lot. What is uh, happening is that he doesn't think about some aspects of his own happiness and satisfaction as much as he should. So uh, if someone were to visit his Oneros and poke around without his biases and uh, the, the direction he's focused, right? I, I, what, 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 what I imagine is happening is when we saw that scene where he's engaging his Damon, there were things that she said that we didn't see because we were seeing it through Cloak's eyes. But if you were to rewind it, he she was saying things to him that he just didn't pick up. He was, wasn't paying attention just to. Just straight over his head. Yes, just straight over yeah. his head. Just like stuff like, hey, have you thought about um, a relationship? Uh, who makes you happy? What do you care about these people? <laughs> stuff like that, right? His biggest flaw is that he doesn't think that he needs to be spending a lot of time on um, happiness. He thinks that he needs to be spending time on productive engagement with other people. Yeah, he, mm -hmm. he does, right? And he thinks self-care is just making himself a more capable servant to the good, the, the good work that other people right. can do, right? And he feels satisfied in that. But, I mean, it's not, it's not um, investing more in him having the happiness that he needs to truly move on from a lot of the stuff that's happened. So that, that's a flaw that he, he definitely doesn't recognize because he's, he's receptive to people saying, hey, you need to engage people a different way. But it's just operative for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that Isabel has, um, all sorts. <laughs> There's a lot going on with that girl. She's fucked. Um, I guess it's the, like, uh, and it, it comes from a very, like, trauma survival sort of response of, like, all of the i mean her her vice is manipulative but like alongside that is like we talked about earlier like her her hierarchy of need is not not well filled out and it's uh a transactional and survival based view of humanity um, like the fact that she has trusted these other folks is i would say equally out of self-preservation and because I don't know that there's a better option right. for Yeah, because at this point it's like I know all this crazy shit these people know all this crazy shit I need to hang out with them because and and it's it's very much if uh, if I'm not working with them they may work against you and like yeah. the, exactly they may work against me so um, and once you realize that I can see spooky things that are invisible to other people and then you look mm -hmm. over at the moros who does ghosts it's like oh yeah yeah well especially with her i think the the reason 
she really settles it will settle in and eventually build more trust with these folks is having seen all five paths and mm. and had that experience of like okay that's a really good point i do factually know that they haven't been lying to mm-hmm. me yeah it's true i hadn't thought about that but yeah Ooh, yeah, That's we really gotta figure nice. out what's gonna go on with that potion. What happens to that recipe? Well, we're all gonna take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? What? I mean, taking once, a trip, son. Once, once Isabel is like, "Hey, I can see your paths now. I understand." I mean, an, an opportunity for even <laughs> every a day mage, of, every mage in five hundred miles is like, "Uh, excuse me." Yeah, I mean, e- e- even one day of true empathy would bring Mm -hmm. us so much closer so like the moment isabel says that cloak has been like curious about spirits right it didn't make complete sense to him when she described them so Mm -hmm. an opportunity for him to know what she sees would mean a lot to him right and even showing them to you doesn't right it's not the same thing yeah it's not the same thing as having spirit vision that's right exactly certainly not the same thing as having there's a spirit Mm -hmm. yeah totally um ash um gisla has a few flaws. Um, one big one is probably like a lack of direction as a person. Like her life has been wrapped up in the family, the family, and doing mm. what she can for them and what's best for them, without any real look into what she might want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, it's not like a selfless, self-sacrificing thing. It's like she would be selfish given the opportunity, but she's never conceived of that being a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, with weird, crazy mage powers, she's got power, and she can do things. Yeah, she can take control. Yeah. A lot more agency now. Like the whole deal with I'm going to pick a future for you and make it happen. It's like, I think you hit with hubris because that's not good. It's not nice. But like the the ego rush she gets from doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yep. megalomaniacal. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, some parallels between Cloak and Gisela there. Hmm, it's true. It's a good point. It's very self-depriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We we definitely, I think, in spending more time developing the mortal backstories, and then coming in. I see awakenings as very traumatizing things that have happened. Generally, even the like, nice ones, you don't generally. Like- yeah, even the nice ones, like, it has uprooted your entire sense of reality. Like, that's a big fucking step. Yeah, it's a problem. Like, that's something it takes some time to, to adjust to. Yeah. And so I, I've enjoyed seeing the these four folks that have veneers of, I am a whole person. And then, like... A normal human being. Communicating behind the screen and then also openly as well of, like, yo, shit's fucked. <laughs> And all of us having some of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been, like, that's I feel been like, a nice, more developed uh, developed bit of the campaign. Like, the Enjoyed. Awakening for Gisela definitely 
was like that in mainland, but like the entire concept of God <laughs> that had been what a lot of everything she known was wrapped around. And yeah, no. Doesn't make sense to her anymore. Yeah. It's Whereas like, for Isabel, it like doubled down mm -hmm. her faith. Like she is, she is certain that this is a gift from God. Yeah, no. For Gisela, it's more just like, oh, there is so much more than you ever conceived of. Yep. Mm -hmm. Do you want to add anything without spoiling your thing, Craig? Um, just I think we're going to come up against a lot of it when uh, Theo finally gets around to doing her soul dive. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. There's a significant um, amount of internal conflict that's going to get unearthed there. Sure. Got a little glimpse of something. Um, all ass, now that you all have over a year. <laughs> Uh, of experience and multiple games under your belts. How are you liking being game streamers? Oh, yes. That's probably a good final question. <laughs> I don't uh, exist I have, in that we bucket. Have, we, have, we have one from, we have one from oh. Dustin. From Bucket. Yeah, really you notice the time. So that's fun all. thing to end on. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, dude, I, I love it. Uh, it definitely makes me want to have an off-screen game. Uh, also one where I can play. Um, but... Uh, Actually, it's one of the big things I'm excited about doing up at PAX Unplugged is like, mm -hmm. I'm not running any games on Friday. So Friday, I could just go find some shit and go do some mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. so that'd be fun. But yeah. Mag Magpie might have the Avatar game. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have to look stuff up. Or at the very least, the very least they'll have Root. But yeah, my, my big thing is uh, I love it. Uh, I also highly suggest having done this now, for your own games at home, even if you're doing it uh, like at the table or especially if you're doing it online, seriously, record it. Don't even put it online. Just record it and save it for yourself, um, because some of this stuff is having that reference. Point. I mean, not even the reference stuff, though. It is very nice to have that, especially as a, like a storyteller. Um, but it's just like we have the ability now for something that is so like intrinsic to the gamer at least on the ttrpg side like this is you know these are all these stories that we like to tell oh yeah you remember th the time we were playing mage and songbird did the thing and having that actually available um like mm -hmm. i'm still very mad that i cut camera at the end of episode 35 of the recording oh, yeah. i'm glad i had the audio clip I'm so <laughs> mad I cut audio, uh, cut the video because that little bit would have been just so good. That shit went right. on too. Um, you know, so having that is just super cool. So, you know, get a little recorder. You, your phone's going to be just fine to record your entire sessions mm -hmm. and just save them somewhere as MP3s. And here. just to attest to that, like uh, my Wednesday D&D game that I run, one of the players records it every week. Mm -hmm. And it's in the virtual tabletop space that we're doing here. And it's such a valuable resource to just go back and even just to go back and get inspiration mm -hmm. uh, or to, you know, pick up little details that are that, you know, you turn into a pot hook later and stuff like that. It just it's nice having that reference to go back to. Mm -hmm. All right. And then to end this off for the night, what would your oh, yeah. personal Nimbus look like mm. if you were a mage? Mm. 
Mm. How would your mage site and peripheral mage site manifest? Mm. And I guess alongside this is what path would you be? Mm. Drew, Mastigos. Like, Mastigos is the one I hope I would come up as, but I'm probably uh-huh. going to end up coming up as an Abrimos. Um, I just know it. Um, I have a thing about truth and, and revealing things, yeah. but yeah. As for my Nimbus, man, I don't know. <laughs> big, big, big set of white eyes and big red tongue. <laughs> Is that? It's right there behind you, actually. It's yeah. already manifested. You paid the man yeah. for the scene. Um, anybody else got an idea? I think a big for me too would be truth is a very big factor in my life. Um, and honesty and openness and stuff like that. So probably end up leaning that way. And uh, um, as much as I like to play chaotic, you know, chaos monkeys and stuff in games and stuff, I, I'm definitely a creature of habit and tradition and um, mm. you know, things happening in a certain <laughs> order and a schedule and yep. like I'll, you know, I'll schedule my random time is sort a- of how amen. I it. work personally. <laughs> uh, from 6 to 6.30 will be random Y'all. discussions and you know. <laughs> Absolutely not. So you know, that's how I I tend to relate to the world best is when I have structure. I need a plan for my day. Yep. Mm-hmm. We could all line up with an acanthus. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. Nah. Ralph. Ralph. Sure. I, well, potential is incredibly important to me. Everyone's potential opportunity chance for redemption i think i always hold out hope that people can change and do better and that regardless of what they've done in the past it doesn't preclude them from having a different identity or a different association with the the world so i used to think that the most important thing for me in life is to be to figure out what the truth is in a particular situation to orient to it and to make sure i knew what it was Uh, And as I aged and understood myself more, I learned that, you know, in Myers-Briggs terms, I'm an ENFP, straight up ENFP. I'm super into feelings and emotions and compassion and kindness. And so if I were a mage, I'm pretty sure I'd be an Acanthus, one heavily focused on helping people recognize that their actions have consequences, but they're not fixed. So the most important perspective is that time and fate are not uh, intertwined. They are parallel things. You know, there are all kinds of metaphors we use to describe them, right? But I'd be in a Kansas that thinks of them as as um, supportive influences on the same thing. Mm-hmm. That fate and time are working together to make things happen. But... Just because something is likely to occur doesn't mean it's guaranteed. And just because it seems like it's almost a guarantee that it will happen, it doesn't deprive you of choice and agency. And I think those things are particularly important in human relationships, especially once we form biases about the people we know and about ourselves. And it often prevents us from achieving the happiness that we really want. And so in that way, my Nimbus, I think, would be... Well, I would probably interpret magic through formication. I think, you know, the sense of ants crawling on your skin. 
that would probably be it for me, even though I haven't really had to feel that very much in my life. But I, f I find it pleasant when insects are crawling on me. So um, that's that's how I think I would interpret it. Like, hey, cool magic stuff is happening, right? You feel a little leaf beetle walking along your forearm. And I think long-term Nimbus would be laughter. I think people would be more inclined to laugh. Because I'm a very silly person, if none of you have <laughs> you gathered don't that. Say. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. You're shaking everything you've done on stream completely 100%. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a silly, I'm a silly guy. So I think I think the long-term Nimbus would, would likely be people more inclined to laugh. Ash? For me, I am Amoros. <laughs> I was sitting here going over my desk and pulling out the All bones. bones. <laughs> the bones. This one's a skull. <laughs> here are my rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is a real feather encased in copper. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah, Moros. Um, for the Nimbus, uh, probably like the sound of a bone xylophone. Ooh, cool. Like music tinkling on <laughs> just the sound of Spooky bones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there too. <laughs> <laughs> Not that specifically, but that, that sort of tinkling, mm -hmm. like clearly bones, but not like dark. Right. Right. Yeah, I think you and I both agree on the, the necromancy level of like, hey, bones are bones. Like, they don't have yeah. to be scary. She's Recycling. About to, she's about to cosplay. Circle of life. So. <laughs> also, yeah, these are just the ones I immediately have on my desk. <laughs> yeah. This is a pen that's a skull. I have several more very good rocks that I need to find. And then a whole shelf back there of more bones and rocks. Thank you, TN. Oh. oh. Yeah, I still need to read the last um, book. <laughs> woof. Um, let's see. I think I would be a theorist. If, if I don't think there's there's really any other choice. Nothing else. The gender fluidity side. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That, I mean, that's more of a desire than a, a necessary intrinsic part of my personality, but. She can't stop. She's got to show them all. We're going to keep the stream going for the next three hours. Anybody that wants to watch, Ash will be there looking at her treasures. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The Just the... In, in some of my darker thoughts and feelings on how the world works, there's very much the like humans or animals sort of hmm. things and, and there's less of that uh, certainly less than what Ralph was talking about the hope for people to change and hmm. be better I I tend to expect the worst out of people and am often surprised not let, <laughs> yeah. not let down um, but but there's like it's not a, in a pessimistic way it's like I don't if know if you plan for it and, and let's be honest Chris is also works yeah. in the if service you plan, if you plan <laughs> Yeah, if you plan to be disappointed and then get something good happen, then it's all the better, right? That's not depression or anything. Um, but um, yeah, the the thought of 
mm. how spirit magic interacts with the world and and I'm very much not a spiritual person in any way shape mm. or form but um, in actually in in learning mage it's led me to sort of surface level interactions with like actual real world magic and some of the thoughts and philosophies that can be attached to those and there's a lot of interesting things to be found there and sort of the the ecstatic approach to life i could see meshing well yeah where the watchstones to the be resonance real. resonance um, is, a, is a real vibe man like walk in just a fucking vibe like just walk mm, in and just vibe like, check mm, the whole place you know, you know maybe, what i mean maybe we don't stay here yeah you know, the vibes are off we're out <laughs> <laughs> the vibes were off at applebee's bro um and uh nimbus would be uh, it would be something running into like the scurrying of a something down an alleyway from you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the the cat or the raccoon or whatever jumping into a trash can as you turn into an alleyway. Like that that sort of like the, the reminder that even though you are in society, you're in the 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 human world mm. that there is always life mm. around you. Some right around the corner or something. Something there. Right. Like today when I was like going to my, my new house to do some pest control and the pest control guy just casually is like, yeah, I found the biggest fucking black widow spider I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, oh, you, you can't, you it, it. right? <laughs> <laughs> like little shit like that. Or like, uh, um, I just like really like those like little reminders. Like um, when we went to our house for the first time after closing on it, there was a cracked open half a shell of a walnut. I'm like, <gasps> we have squirrels. A friend was here. A friend was here. Please don't stay in the attic. Oh, right. Could you imagine poor Barley? Squirrel. Squirrels in the attic. Squirrels in the attic. Poor Barley. Poor Zeke. True. I have had I have had less interactions with Ziggy, so. That's fair. Well, I've had plenty of them <laughs> with him today, so. Um, that is all the questions we've got and all the time that we've yep. got, I think. I've got to get up early. Moving into my new this house. This is oil that smells like a graveyard. Again, Ash will be here for the next three hours. The stream will keep going. It will be on Discord, not on the stream, because I don't need to leave this up. But uh, yeah, and our, our quick little wrap up. Uh, thank you to all our patrons. I didn't read your names today. I apologize. Uh, thank you very much for your support. Um, it does mean a lot to us. Um, also, if you want to be part of the the coolest tabletop rpg community on the internet please come by eat into dot space that's our discord it's very pleasant it's very homey um we we try to you know we, we let you put your feet up on the coffee table uh but if you yell at your sister i will send you into your bedroom uh, and you can think about what you've done um but uh yeah um highly suggest coming by hanging out it's it's a very good place to hang out even if you're not playing mage if you play other games you're totally allowed to talk about it we want to hear about it um it's a lot of fun uh i highly suggest it um there's that even uh, even just even just to lurk yep one of these days you just hang out. i'm gonna commit to a full stefan bit 
to talk about the Discord. Oh, yeah? You mean Stefan from SNL? All right. I'm here for it. New York's hottest Uh, nightclub is (laughs) (laughs) Write that script up. We can use it. Um, And then, yeah, just a quick little (laughs) shout out thing. Um, Gehenna Gaming has invited me up to PAX Unplugged. So I will be there running some games for them. Uh, Alien kids on brooms and a horror dnd but you all know me and how i do horror so i am pre-making some mystery machine uh mystery ink uh characters um based off a wonderful piece of art and they were like and ian over at gehenna gaming was like yeah no i approve it done cool so yeah that's going to be just some some silly campy fun um then of course if you are up at pax you and you don't nintendo play a game with me a totally cool but b i would love to meet fist bump it is going to be fully vaccinated and fully masked the entire time so uh it should be a nice safe uh way to do a convention um so i'll be up there if you're going to be in philly at the time come by discord and let me know because i'd love to say hey if nothing else just to say hey um and uh yeah Otherwise, when we come back next week, we will be a year into the future. It will be 1846. Um, I think June is kind of the time frame I'm thinking of. It'll be into the summer um, and we will have progressed forward and some things will have changed and our mages will have learned some things and they've spent some XP and uh, yeah, lots of lots of nice little changes. And Purgatory Bluff is going to be too small for them to be, you know, learning from and they're going to have to set their sights out elsewhere while maintaining those sleeper concerns and taking care of families and jobs and the town itself and a bunch of maroon miners and any new miners that have joined and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun so we will be doing that next week it's gonna be a good time i think that's it bye folks looking forward to it see y'all later bye